Okay, apologies. Um, David Roden, who's my co-director of this new institute, is sequestered with an infectious flu disease uh, in London, so he's not here today. But this institute is very much a collaboration between three uh, fields which don't always work together, which is philosophy, law, and political science. So I represent the political science. David, as Julian hinted, represents philosophy, moral philosophy. Um, and Dapo Kande, who's actually spending this year at Yale, but who will be working still with us, um, is the law. Uh, it's very much uh, a new institute and in terms of getting up and running. We've never done research together before. Um, so we're looking forward to seeing um, what comes out of it. And I just want to tell you a little bit about what we're looking at and some of our styles of, of working are likely to be, and hopefully we'll see some opportunities for collaboration. We start from really what the nature of the problem is when you're looking at armed conflict and the rules and institutions that regulate it. And I just want to highlight three of these. The first is that the legal and traditional paradigms that we've used to think about the rules around armed conflict are under stress. And the reason for that is because they've tended to maintain some really rigid dichotomies that we think modern conflict is challenging. So one of those that you might be familiar with is the difference between international and internal conflict. Another is between combatant and non-combatant. And another is an example even conflict and post-conflict, probably symbolized best by the sort of cheering George Bush on that ship saying, you know, mission accomplished in Iraq, conflict over, where in fact what we saw in Iraq was very much the continuation of conflict, even in the so-called post-war phase. So these paradigms are really struggling um, under the current challenges posed by armed conflict. The second is that the current rules and structures that we have are really under stress. And let me just give you two examples that illustrate that. The first is we had an intervention in Kosovo in 1999, um, almost 10 years ago now, which many people described as legitimate but illegal. Uh, which is an interesting thing to say, probably for most of you. The reason for that being there wasn't a consensus in one of the most authoritative bodies in international politics, the Security Council, over what to do. And yet we had action. The second case we could give from the current international environment is Darfur, where we've had agreement on action that needs to be taken, but yet an absolute inability of the institutions that exist to have action taken to actually address the humanitarian catastrophe. So we're seeing rules and, and structures currently under strain um, that, that exist today. And lastly, we have a lack of political consensus. If we just take the tool of sanctions, I can again give you two examples that illustrate this. Uh, we haven't agreed in the international community over what to do about Zimbabwe. Uh, and there has been a lack of consensus within the Security Council on whether sanctions should be imposed because this represents an egregious violation of human rights that requires international action. Similarly, we haven't been able to agree on using the tool of sanctions to deal with the threat of the proliferation of weapons of mass destruction in Iran. So even with just one tool, you can see the lack of political uh, consensus that exists on how we should tackle it. So what we want to become, I'll skip very quickly um, over this, is really a leading center for bringing together these three disciplines to look at the rules and institutions that try to govern armed conflict. And that's both with respect to trying to prevent it, trying to regulate it when, when it when it exists, and also trying to terminate it. We want to, as well, deliver impact beyond the confines of academia. 
and try to bring our expertise to bear in helping policymakers who are thinking through either new institutional structures or new rules. And we've already, even though we just have come into existence now, had one experiment in doing this um, over the summer with a round table on uh, bringing together NGOs and government officials and UN representatives to look at discussions on creating a global arms trade treaty that would actually create the definition of a responsible arms transfer and try to put some rules over who and what you can actually trade arms or transfer arms to in current international politics. So we're really looking at three areas of conflict. Debates and issues around um, why conflict breaks out and what are the legitimate reasons that might exist for using force. Two of the, two of the um, problems here we want to work on specifically is the use of force for humanitarian purposes, the so-called humanitarian intervention. Is it ever right to actually use military force in those instances? And the other is this whole question of preemption. Is it lawful, is it legitimate to consider um, using force to actually prevent a state or another actor from attacking you? The conduct of conflict, which, which some would um, accuse us in doing research in this area of being sort of miserable comforters. Conflict has broken out and now you're trying to regulate it when it happens. But there are some very interesting issues um, in this bucket of research which can concern proportionality, some of the weapons that have been developed globally uh, for the purposes of minimizing civilian casualties actually are proving to have the opposite effect in the longer term. But also the whole area of impartiality um, whether you think of UN peacekeepers or you think of humanitarian organizations, um, is that concept actually still workable in terms of the context of contemporary conflict? Can we really afford as institutions or as organizations not to take sides at all um, in a conflict situation? And then lastly, perhaps one of the most exciting areas of research for political scientists and ethicists and lawyers is the whole field of the termination of conflict because we've seen over the last 10 years an explosion of international efforts to stay on um, in countries so-called post-conflict and really rebuild states. And there's a number of ethical and legal and, and political issues associated with that. We decided to identify a signature theme um, for our uh, first three years and we're actually in the process of advertising for a postdoc to work on this. And the theme we've chosen is strengthening international authority, which will really look at the different kinds of government structures that exist globally. Part of this is going to be uh, conceptual, so what would constitute a good and robust authority. Part of it's very analytical in terms of actually really interrogating the structures that currently exist, whether we're talking about the Geneva Conventions on the treatment of um, combatants or prisoners of war, whether we're looking at the UN Security Council, for example. Um, and then lastly, a forward-looking piece. How can these institutions be strengthened? Are there new models of authority which are less centralized that might be more appropriate to tackling some of the problems uh, that we're looking at? So our approach, um, this is coming naturally to many of you I've noticed today, but it doesn't come all that naturally to the three disciplines that we're working in. And we don't know of another center anywhere that has brought together law and philosophy and international relations in quite this way. What we'd really like to do is bring an interdisciplinary lens to bear on these questions. We've had a trial run. We recently presented uh, the topic we're going to present to you 
uh, in New York at the Carnegie Council on Human Rights and War. And it led to a very interesting discussion because we had a philosopher, a lawyer, and then a political science talking about some of the challenges in trying to marry a concern for human rights with the reality of armed conflict. I say challenging the status quo where necessary um, because these paradigms that I outlined to you at the beginning are very entrenched. If you look at the current international law that exists around armed conflict, it's based on very old concepts. Um, there's a lot of political commitment to those concepts, but we think in some areas these need to be rethought and in others maybe just creatively uh, adapted. Thirdly, cultivating new talent. One of the things we hope to do within Oxford, but also more broadly, is to really create a cadre of research, research students, which exists much more in the, in the natural sciences, and in, in physics, and in other branches than it has done in law and philosophy and international relations, where students can come together regularly and that we actually develop a group of students who are used to thinking in this trilateral way about these issues. And I'll just skip down to striving for impact. One of the things we want to uh, experiment with over the next three years is what we're calling the generation of a consensus statement that would actually bring together policymakers and scholars to generate a statement of principles on a particular aspect of armed conflict that would help to move towards more effective um, legal and uh, political tools. We're we're in, in doing this, we're investigating other kinds of exercises which have tried to do this. That's the stage we're in right now. There are many examples, whether you look at the Princeton Project or some international commissions that have been set up on things like sustainable development. We'd like to pioneer a process for doing this um, in the next three years in the life of the Institute. Uh, in terms of opportunities for collaboration, obviously for us, one of the big themes is a sh an interest in global governance and new forms of authority. For some of you who are looking at similar issues, there may be a real opportunity to talk about uh, this particular theme from our different perspectives. The other is the shared concern for the role of ethics. Many of the things that uh, Julian mentioned I could relate very well to. And the last is this commitment to interdisciplinary work. But I'll stop there for your questions. Great, Jennifer. Thanks very much.